Welcome to the Hillside Baptist Chapel's weekly podcast. Please listen as Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, teaches from God's Word. All HBC podcasts can be found on Spotify or Facebook under Hillside Baptist Chapel. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at Wood. 002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to HBC Prayer List 2020 at gmail.com. Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you this morning. We're glad that you're able to be with us. And uh, we know that several of you are joining us by our podcast today. So we want to welcome you. Uh, it's too bad that you didn't get here to see how beautiful our building is today. Uh, very uh, wonderfully cleaned by one of our members, and uh, we want to pass on the uh, thank you to them for doing that this week. And um, uh, if any of you other uh, individuals want to help us with our cleaning, all you need to do is let us know about that. Okay, uh, this morning as we begin, uh, we're going to have a word of prayer, and then we're going to have our first song. Father, we thank you today that you have allowed us to meet together, to be able to worship together. And Father, we know that there are others that are out there that are worshiping with us today as well. And Father, we thank you for them, and we pray that your blessings would be upon this service. Help us to worship in spirit and in truth, and that we will honor you in all that's said and done. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Our first song this morning is God is an, Our God is an Awesome God.
that, uh, Frank, we're going to recognize you now, and he's going to come and give us uh, an update on our prayer concerns. So, Frank, who do we need to be praying for? Not much happening this week. Um, I did find out that Bloomquist, Dan, and Pam, they had a, a slight accident. Uh, apparently, Dan fell down, and, and Pam fell over the cat. So, but they're okay, you know, thank, thank God for that. And uh, Freddie's not here because his, uh, his mother-in-law, which she's an elderly woman, probably in her 90s, she has a uh, immune system not, is not really well. So he's kind of staying home with her and they're just kind of keeping close quarters, which it just makes perfect sense. So that's why he's not here now. And uh, Wanda's doing better. Uh, yeah, she's walking. She's actually starting to run a little bit now, I think. But yeah, that's, she's doing good. So, so praise God for all that. Thank you. And actually, Frank is doing pretty good. He, he made it to David yesterday and back with uh, Dr. Fred. So we're glad that uh, all of them are able to be here today. Uh, all right. Uh, our next song is Hail, Lion of Judah. So join with us. Hail Jesus, you're my King. Hail Jesus, you're my King. Your life frees me to sing. Your life frees me to sing. I will praise you all my days. I will praise you all my days. You're perfect in all your ways. Hail Jesus, you're my Lord. Come. I want to see come. Not my will, but yours be done. Glory, glory to the Lamb. You take me to the Lamb. And we will conquer in your up as we get into our uh, message this morning. My message title is, You Were Faithful Then, You'll Be Faithful Now. And hopefully you'll uh, be able to understand what we're talking about as we get into this. If you'd like to uh, take note of our scripture reading, we're going to be reading in three different 
places in the scriptures, and actually more than that, but uh, uh, three main places. And uh, our text is actually taken from Acts chapter 16, verses 25 through 28, and also Romans chapter 4, verses 19 through 25. Romans chapter 4, verses 19 through 25. So, if you would like to turn to uh, those two places in particular and hold those places for us as we get to the scripture reading. And then we're going to be looking at several of the Psalms, but in particular, Psalm 46. So, uh, Acts chapter 16, verses 25 through 28, Romans chapter 4, verses 19 through 25, and Psalm 46. So, Acts chapter 16, we're going to read first, in verses 25 through 28. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison floors, uh, of the prison quaked and the doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we're all here. Our Father, I pray that you'd help us that as we look at these things in the scriptures that we might be drawn closer to you, that we might understand your care, your protection, your love for us as we look at the future. And I pray that your blessings would be upon each one that's under the sound of my voice today. And help us that we'll worship. Help us that we will honor you. Help us that we'll be about your business. And we pray your blessings on our church. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Former NATO Supreme Commander General Wesley Clark. Some of you may remember him. He was in command, as you would say, during the time that 9-11 took place. The bombing of the World Trade Center and the Pentagon. And... <clears throat> He made the statement on television about that. He said, will we ever be the same? Will we ever be the same? I've heard that same comment made about this pandemic that we're in right now. Will we ever be the same? And you know what my answer is to that? I hope not. I hope we won't ever be the same. The worst thing that could happen would be that after all of this is over, we just go back to life as normal. Life as it was, so to speak. 
And so I want to talk about today God's involvement in our lives during times of trouble, during the pandemic that we're going through right now. Preaching actually involves two responsibilities. The first is to explain the Bible and relate it to life. Explain the Bible and relate it to life. The second is to take life as it is and explain it in the light of the Scriptures. I'd like to do both of those things today. I, I hope I can as we look at these scriptures. Now, Acts chapter 16 that we read just a moment ago is set in the context of what took place in the life of Paul and Silas. For them, they were in a catastrophe. Think about it. They had been arrested. They had been put in chains. They were in prison. And instead of being all sad and complaining, they were singing and praying. Did you notice that? And did you notice that the other prisoners weren't complaining? I can imagine in most situations as something like that would be taking place at midnight. Here you'd have these prisoners rising up in revolt and telling them to be quiet. But that's not what took place. That's not what happened. They were listening. They were paying attention. Paul and Silas had a message for those others that were in prison as well. Before we get into this message, as I said, we're going to be looking at some of the Psalms as well. But I'd like for us to look for just a moment at Romans chapter 4, beginning with verse 19. This involves Abraham. At a time in his life when the Lord had told him he was going to be the father of a great nation. You remember that? In Romans chapter 4, beginning with verse 19, the Bible says, Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead, dead since he was about a hundred years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God. But he was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. That is why it was credited to him for righteousness. The words it was credited to him were written not for him alone, but also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness for us who believe in him, 
who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Now think about Abraham for just a moment. If he had thinking, if if his thinking was that he was too old to bear children, and that was a normal thing to think, wasn't it? From a human standpoint, none of us are a hundred yet, but he was. And yet God had promised him that he was going to be the father of a great nation. And he believed God. He didn't waver in his faith. We need to believe God when he gives us promises in his word. Abraham trusted him who had been faithful in the past. Now, a hundred years... For a hundred years he had been alive on this earth and he had heard God talk, he had heard God speak, he had heard God's promises, he had heard God's commands, he had heard God in different phases of his life. And God had been faithful. Not one time had God failed him. And so as God had promised him he was going to be the father of a great nation, his response was to believe. He believed God. And God was going to be faithful in his time of need as a child was going to be born. Now remember, this all took place even before Sarah became pregnant. Even before she was expecting with a child. He believed God. I mentioned Psalm 46 a moment ago. And so we're going to look at some of those verses as well that tie in with what we're looking at. You were faithful then, you'll be faithful now. And we're going to be looking at this in what God did in the past, but we're going to be thinking about what God is going to do now, in our time, in what we face. Beginning with verse 1 there, it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, Though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Now, if you're reading with me, and I hope you are, you notice there's one more word there that I didn't pronounce, I didn't call out. That word is, we think, pronounced selah. In the Hebrew Scriptures, there's no punctuation. And so sometimes in the Scriptures, it uses some things to tell us what it wants us to understand about the statement that's just been made. And that's the way this is with this word, Selah. Now, it's not translated. It's not something that 
is taken from the Greek and put into Spanish or English or Korean or whatever language it's being translated into, it's just transliterated. It's just brought from the Hebrew into that other language. And so Selah is what the Hebrew says. But what does it mean? As we look at this word, scholars tell us that that means we're to stop. It's like a period. Somebody, when I was learning to read, you know, I, I would get to the period and I'd just go on into the next verse. They said, look at that period as a stop sign. <laughs> Have you ever heard that? Maybe when you were learning to read, they told you that. And so that Selah is a stop sign, but it's much more than that. It has the understanding that we're to reflect back on what's just been said. Not just stop, but somebody has said, you might translate it, now think about that. Think about what's just been said. So in doing that, that verse 1 here tells us that God is a help in trouble. What trouble? Any trouble, right? It, it names some trouble, but he's not just talking about that specific trouble. Now, was the psalmist seeing these things happen around him as, as he gave this? Maybe. Or maybe not. Maybe he was just emphasizing God's help in time of trouble. Now, if we see the mountains move, and, and sometimes they do move, don't they? Now, I've never been in an earthquake that was real bad. I've been in, I don't know how many here in Panama, but <laughs> they're not all that great, are they? I haven't seen Baru change locations, have you? I look out my front window and I can see it. But now, I've been in some tremors here, or maybe we call them earthquakes, one to six, six about 6.2, something like that, if I remember right. That, that's been what we've had. And in some places, that's a pretty strong earthquake, but ours are so far down in the earth, we're told, that it doesn't do a whole lot of damage here. Now, we've got cracks in our walls, and I think most buildings around here do have some cracks, from the tremors that we have, but not very big earthquakes. We don't see the mountains move. We don't see them cast into the sea, and they can be, right? That earthquake that happened in San Francisco a few years ago, that did some damage. You remember all the bridges that were down and, and so on. I, I, we don't want to get into that, but... Uh, uh, just the idea that he's talking about some terrible times that can happen on the earth. The waters roar. Now, I've seen some of that. I've been in <laughs> some of that. I, we'll talk about that some other time. But anyway, um, he says, think about that. Selah. And then in verse 4, skip on down if you will. 
He says, there's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter, he utters his voice, and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And then what's that next word? Now think about that. Now, now reflect on what you've just read. Reflect on what God has just said in his word. In the midst of our problems, this is what God is saying. Let's pause and think about that. Let's stop and praise God for His promises, His presence, His power. And his ability. Now, we're going to look at some of those in just a moment. Notice in Romans chapter 4, God had given a promise, had he not, to Abraham. It says, when Abraham was fully, uh, that Abraham was fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. The promises of God. He knew that God had power to do what He had promised. And then, God is with us. His presence. There in verse 25, Romans chapter 4, He said, He, speaking of Jesus, was delivered over to death for our sins. Present tense. The sins that we have in our lives, He was delivered over for those. His presence. And then His power. Again in verse 25, He was raised to life for our justification. That was through the power of God, right? He was raised for our justification. And then lastly, His promise. God has power to do what He has promised. He has power to do what He's promised. Now, His promises are to be with us in whatever we face. That Psalm 46 that we read verse 1 of a moment ago it says God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble he's made that promise to you and he's made that promise to me now the name of God that's used here is Elohim 
which reminds us that he is creator, that he is ruler, we might say king, he is judge, he is savior. All rolled up in that one word, Elohim. In the midst of whatever we're feeling, whatever is happening, whatever is taking place in our lives, that's what God is saying. That He's our refuge, our strength, a very present help in trouble. He's there. We don't have to worry. The word refuge literally a place where we can be that we don't have to worry about what's going on when I was growing up in Arkansas a lot of people had what they call storm shelters you ever heard of those <laughs> It's a hole in the ground, usually. And sometimes when tornadoes threatened, we would run to those hole-in-the-ground places for refuge. And what were we saying? We were saying we believe we're safe in those places. That maybe we wouldn't be safe in the house. You know, if a tornado comes, it can rip that house apart, right? It can tear it down very quickly and blow us away. And so we had a refuge that we could go to. And that's what God is, is shown as here, a refuge. We've been told in this pandemic sometimes that we need to shelter in place. They're just simply saying, stay put. <laughs> don't get out. Don't run around. Just stay there. Well, when we're in and we're to shelter in place tomorrow and the next day, isn't that right? If I understand it right, I haven't, given an all, I haven't been given an all clear for this lockdown that we're having on the weekends on Saturday and Sunday. And that's why we're meeting on Fridays, right? So anyway, when we're locked down, when we can't get out, when we can't go anywhere, we need to reflect on some of these things. We need to think of that word, little word, selah. Now think about that. Now think about what God has said. Think about our refuge in Him. Think about His promises, how He's promised to be with us in all of our trouble and all the things that we face. And in Psalm 142, verse 5, it says, I cry to you, O Lord. I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Now, the Bible doesn't give us any indication about what was going on in the psalmist's life as he wrote wrote those things but whatever it was whatever problems he was having whatever he was having to face you are my refuge my portion in the land of the living God promises to hide us in the shelter of his hand 
to take care of us, to not let us fear, to not let us have problems. Psalm 9 verse 9 says, The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed. A stronghold in time of trouble. There's so many verses that we could go to and we could see that this is what God is saying to us. Not just to them, not just to the Hebrews, not just to the early church, but He's saying these things to us today. Verse 3 that we mentioned a moment ago describes the roaring waters of the sea. And it's a picture of our lives when... Everything is out of control when nothing is in our hands to be able to do anything about it. That's the way this pandemic is, isn't it? In fact, even those that are supposed to be in charge, even those that, that are helping us and making decisions, they really don't know sometimes what to do, do they? They're trying to make the best decisions they can to help us stay safe, to help us not get this coronavirus. Well, anyway, that, that's what we're living in right now. And as we read that verse of Scripture, that's what it reminds me of. Roaring there means a great commotion. To rage, actually, it is akin to being at war, warfare. Turmoil. Every continent is affected by this coronavirus, isn't it? There's only a few places on this earth where they haven't been touched by it. And I think that eventually everybody's going to be, every place is going to have some coronavirus but anyway maybe not hopefully they can stay far enough away from everybody else that it won't contact those that haven't been affected but the psalmist says that when our security is suddenly gone when it's not there anymore we need to trust God it's easy to trust God when everything is going the way we want it to go, when, he, when He's giving us all that we're asking for. But what about when things are not like that? And when things are going from bad to worse? Do we just trust Him in the good times? Or can we trust Him when things don't go so well? Author Bob Goff makes this statement. It's easy to trust God when He does what we ask Him to do. It's the other times when we grow. Did you understand what He was saying? <laughs> Maybe when we're getting what we're asking for, we're not really growing, but it's when... When things are not as we would like for them to be, we grow as His children. Now, let us notice His presence. He is with you. 
in Romans chapter 4, verse 25. It says, He was delivered over to death for our sins. As I said a moment ago, that's present tense, for our sins. In Psalm 46, beginning with verse 4 there, it says, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. I read that a moment ago. The holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. He utters His voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And then that word again. Think about that. He's present right here, isn't he? With us. Verse 4 there paints a picture that's sometimes easy to miss if you don't look at it. But first of all, the city of God that he's talking about here is Jerusalem, isn't it? While it was a very beautiful city, it didn't have a river running through it like many cities do. But you know what? It's going to one day. If you read the book of Revelation, we find that there's going to be a river flowing from Jerusalem. But anyway, right now there's not a river there. Uh, many cities do have rivers, don't they? I lived in the city of Little Rock for a while. The Arkansas River runs through that. You know, uh, but he talks about a river here. There is a river whose stream makes glad the city of God. Now, even though they didn't have a river, they had God's blessings flowing through it. That's the picture. That's the idea that he's giving. And God's grace flows like a river, bringing gladness and joy. We as His people ought to see these blessings that God has given as He is present with us and be glad, be joyful. While oceans rage and foam, God's presence is depicted as calming, gentle, peaceful. God's favor is often denoted in the scriptures as a river. God's presence with His people is one of the central truths of all the scriptures. Emmanuel. Remember that word? We don't think of that too much outside of Christmas, right? <laughs> he shall be called Emmanuel. God with us. That's what it means. And He's with us. He's there. He's here. The Bible says, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. God's presence. 
And so, regardless of the turmoil, regardless of the problems, He is with us. And then let us notice His power. Verse 25 there tells us He was raised to life for our justification. God's power. God's ability to do things that matter for us. In this psalm, verses 8 through 11, it says, Come, behold the works of the Lord, how He has brought desolation on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And again, that word. Think about that. His power, His ability to even stop wars. One day, wars will be no more. I really believe that as we're in the midst of this pandemic, it's speaking volumes about the times that we're living in. I really don't, folks. I don't believe it's going to be long until the Lord is going to come again. He's going to say it's enough. And He's going to bring us home to be with Him. But until that day comes, and that's His power manifest as well, isn't it? His second coming. But until that happens, His power is with us as we live. As we have to face troubled times. But here's the thing. One of the things that happens every time we have a calamity. It happened in 9-11. The place where I pastored, the very next Sunday, our building was filled. Almost, anyway. We had people that came that hadn't been there in a long time. It was like Easter or Christmas. (laughs) People began to search for the Lord. People began to look for Him. And the same thing is happening today. Maybe we're not seeing it as much here. But it's happening other places in the world. And as people are beginning to look for answers, maybe that they're not looking to the Lord, but they're looking for answers, this is our opportunity to talk to them about the Lord and His ability to do what I've been talking about in this sermon. That they can rely on Him. They can trust Him regardless of what happens. And in the uncertainty of our day and time and and this pandemic, especially in things like that, we need to trust Him. We need to know that He has the power to overcome everything that happens in our lives. Dr. Mark Job, the current president of Moody Bible Institute, 
made this statement in his chapel meeting. He said, our location has changed, but our mission remains the same. Now, what was he saying? Well, you see, at the time that he said that, he was having a podcast like we're doing today of his message because they were in lockdown. They weren't able to meet together. Our location has changed. Well, if you're looking at our building here today, you probably are not sitting where you would have sat had we not been social distancing, right? <laughs> well, that's, that's just a, a very small idea about our location has changed. Especially when we're in lockdown. We're, we're here today on Friday to worship because we can't worship on Sunday, right? All right, our location has changed from our Sunday idea of worship. And don't get me wrong, I, I believe in Sunday worship. That's the Lord's day. That's the day He wants us to come together. And so when this pandemic's over, we're going to go back to meeting on Sunday. But right now we can't. So verse 9 there shows us that in his position as the Almighty God, he makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shield with fire. He's able to do all of these mighty acts, these great things, because he's God. And so, the things that are in turmoil around us today, God's able to take care of it. It's in His hands. Don't worry about it. Hasn't it felt like there's nothing we can do to stop this virus? We felt hopeless, even helpless. But in his position as the sovereign king, God is over all. His ability hasn't been stopped. Marilyn Pritchard posted something that I think is interesting. She said, COVID-19 has ripped away the illusion that we ever had any control over the details of our lives. Did you hear what she said? <laughs> it's ripped away the illusion that we ever had a control over our lives. Through the death and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, he has a shelter for us from our sins. And He has broken the bondage that existed over our souls so that we don't have to be in hell, so we don't have to spend an eternity away from God. He had power then. He has power now. 
I think verse 11 is a great summary statement of this psalm that we've been looking at. It's a repeat of verse 7. The Lord of hosts is with us, and the God of Jacob is our fortress. We can trust him, no matter what happens. We can praise him for his promise, for his presence, for his power. Let's think about those things as we leave today. Father, thank you for the opportunity to, uh, of opening your word and thinking about these thoughts that you've given us. Help us to rely on you. Help us to notice your strength, your ability, and claim the help that you offer as we go in our future days. And bless each one that's under the sound of my voice that they will turn to you. And if any are lost, that they would be saved. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Let's stand together and we'll have our closing song at Calvary. Lead us in our closing prayer, please. Oh, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for being you, oh Lord. I thank you for the love you have for us, oh Father. I, I thank you for your protection on us, oh Father. 
And I pray and I thank you for your love you have for each of us, O oh Father. So go with us this week, O oh Father. Give us grace, O oh Father, to do what you want us to do, O oh Father, to, to love you and love others. Give us that grace, O oh Father, not to be burdened with worry or fear, but just to be looking at you the entire time. I thank you for this podcast. I thank you for the people here. And just give us that grace, O oh Father, to lo- truly love each other. This we ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, Pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayerlist2020 at gmail.com. This concludes the HBC Weekly Podcast. Please join us every Sunday for our HBC Cyber Service. Hillside Baptist Chapel has moved right next to Chopsticks in Alto Bocchetti. This new location seems perfect for our growing church. The hours will be as follows. Bible study, 9.45 a.m. and worship at 11 a.m. Thank you and God bless.